your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 626 of the Locked On Senator Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Alongside Brandon Pillar up in the Blue Mountains and the boys are back in town. Both Tim Stutzla and Brady Kachuk arrived yesterday and it's time for Senators Hockey. Coming soon to an arena near you. And our Send Central Citizen segment is back with Damian Smith today. We go through the highs and lows of being a Sens fan, why he became a Sens fan, and how excited he is for the future of this squad. All that coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Senators Podcast. It's your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Senators your first listen on this Wednesday, September 7th. We are free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube, where the best way you can help the show grow is to like every video by simply clicking the thumbs up and subscribing to the Locked On Senators channel so you don't miss any bonus content like the Behind the Blog series that will continue this Saturday and Sunday or the Organizational Value rankings tier two was posted yesterday and we are on to the final tier the top eight players of the senators organization that video will be released exclusively on locked on senators youtube on thursday september 8th but pilsey there really does seem to be a first day of school vibe where it's the day after labor day you see it just driving around whatever city you're in, but I'm sure we have listeners who are back at school and it really seems like the senators are all starting to come together from different parts of the world, all culminating at the Bell Sensplex in Canada. Class is in session for these young lads getting back on the ice. And yeah, Timmy's here. Brady's here. The uh, This is the first time, well, I mean, COVID obviously plays a big role in that, but it is the first time that we've seen kind of fans gathering at these events and players uh, taking pictures. We saw our girl Becca Ross. Yes. Uh, she met up with a bunch of the guys, including her guy, Austin Watson, uh, who they share a special relationship, uh, obviously. So it was great to see pictures like that. Uh, Brady was there too. And the excitement is building. Like, I feel like this is a, a boiling pot of water and we're, we're starting to simmer now. Like the bubbles are starting. The rookie tournament is happening. Preseason is just in our sights. Like, I'm so excited to get things going here. I was talking to Crooker too. He's about to make the cross nice. Canada drive all the way from BC Love to Ottawa. Yeah. So I told him if he needs a bowl of soup or anything, pop by <laughs> on the way in. Only one road through Manitoba, buddy. It comes right through the peg. So yeah. uh, no, the guys are all coming into Ottawa. That's great. You mentioned the rookie tournament, which is sneaking up in a hurry. It's a week this Friday. You will get to see players skating around the ice wearing Ottawa Senators jerseys. Now, my main question is, will Jake Sanderson take part? This is a player who is coming off a major injury, was just at the rookie showcase in Washington. Looks great in the new threads. No jersey ad, by the way, for the Ottawa Senators as of yet. 
Some teams already have the patch on their sweater, which, I mean, you knew it was inevitable with the money they lost during the pandemic, but it doesn't make it suck any less. But patches I can get on with are the like the ones the Senators will continue to wear a little patch in honor of Eugene Melnick. Um, they wore it last year. It's like the white with the, the black lettering there. So the Senators will start the year with that. That's a long way to say Jake Sanderson has worn the jersey now, but will we see him on the ice with it next weekend? Or would you just hold him out, say you're too valuable? We don't want you getting injured potentially in a meaningless game. Just come to training camp ready the next week. It's an interesting question. I, You know what? Jake Sanderson, from all accounts, from everything we've heard, has said he's 100%. Why not throw him in the rookie tournament? This is a guy that hasn't played hockey in quite some time. It'd be nice to get to see what he can do up against his peers, like not up against uh, like full-time experienced NHLers. I say throw him in the rookie tournament if he's healthy because you can only put put him in a bubble for so long. Like eventually he's got to play games, and sure these are meaningless games, but it it'd be great to kind of allow him to hit the ground running and to have a little momentum going into camp. So I I don't feel strongly about it. If if your rebuttal Ross was who cares about the rookie tournament? He's going to be a top four defenseman future of this franchise. He's had some injury struggles. Let's not let's not put him in this tournament. That's fine with me too, but I'll say I want to watch him play. We saw him in the jersey. I want to watch him play now, so let's do it. Yeah, selfishly, of course, I want to yes. see him play next weekend, but I would understand if Pierre Dorian and the Ottawa Senators just say, what's the point? We, we saw Crooker get hurt, miss an entire season based on, on a rookie tournament game. It's three games. They're playing Buffalo, Boston, and, and I think Montreal's the third game in there too, and there's there's just no need to to risk injury at the same time though i only said that mostly because i wanted to you know not just agree with you wholeheartedly but uh the bottom line i love when people say this when they talk about holding people out as a precaution they're hockey players they want to play hockey let them play hockey yeah that's the thing like jake sanderson probably doesn't want to miss that like he's probably ready to go so yeah and, and that gives us an extra re- like that. If Jake Sanderson's playing, that's appointment viewing the first game. Like we postcast for rookie tournament. Possible. <laughs> possible, possible. We are thinking about potentially doing it for preseason, but you'll have to stay tuned for Monday's Locked On Senators. We'll have a recap of the rookie tournament up until Monday because they're actually their third game is on Monday. But we're gonna have the weekend recap episode potentially with a special guest on Monday's show. I'm going to be away for the weekend, but we've got a great interview for you coming up on Friday. But first, we've got an awesome Send Central Citizen for you as well. On the other side of it, we're going to give you an update on the home opener ticket link, the group ticket pricing. It's coming soon. I said it's the week after Labor Day. It is the week after Labor Day. But first, Pilsy, spring, fall, those like transitional months, those are always the most important to eat healthy and eat well. Don't sacrifice good taste when you're trying to get healthy. Where would you go if you wanted to have a little something new in your diet? There's only one place, Ross. It is Built.com. The protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. By now, if you guys have been listening to the show, you know all about Built Bar. But what I love about Built Bar, Ross, is they keep the same formula, make it taste good, then figure out how to make it healthy, cover everything in chocolate, which is also great. 
And they mix it up too. Like their new line of stuff, Ross, they're making granola bars now. So if you like Built Puffs, if you like Built Bars, you are going to love the Built Granola Bars already in three flavors, coconut, peanut butter, and white chocolate berry. They're the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Don't just take our word for it. Check it out for yourself. There's so many flavors. We recommend, if you haven't tried it yet, get the mix box. Ross is raving about the uh, cookie dough chunk for a good reason. There's chunks of cookie dough in there. It's delicious. That's on the Built Puff Bar with protein-infused marshmallows. Yes, you heard that correctly. It's a marshmallow with protein in there. It is delicious. And there's only one place you can get that, and that's at Built.com. So go to Built.com, use our promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your next order. One more time, guys. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. It's Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. All right, now let's get to this week's Central Citizen. It's Damian Smith. All right, we now welcome on this week's Central Citizen, and it's been a long time coming to be joined by Damian Smith. You can go follow him on Twitter at Damian underscore underscore Smith. He is a hockey obsessor at the Toronto Metropolitan University Sports Media Program. We had our first chat a couple of years ago, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken, Damien. So welcome to Locked On Senators. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks, guys. It's uh, it's an honor being on here. It's uh, definitely been a while, but uh, let's get going here. Man, you're in the heart of enemy territory. What's the vibe there right now? Have you been by to see Alfie's poster on the Hall of Fame? Yeah, no, I, ha- I haven't been down there yet. Um, unfortunately, I've only met a couple Sens fans so far, um, just at the ODRs and stuff. But uh, being kind of quiet so far, I'm still I'm still looking to find a uh, a Sens fan in university though. Has I haven't I haven't seen one yet. When so. you say at the ODR, mm-hmm. are you rocking a Sens jersey at the ODR? I am. I got the nice. uh, the O logo, but the the uh, the the one that they wore at the the, the outdoor game um and it's in ottawa the, the red yeah. one yeah yeah, yeah. sick mm-hmm. sick yeah that's solid hey if i got any advice for you if you do find a sense fan at school start a podcast you know maybe <laughs> maybe 630 <laughs> episodes later you're you're still going strong that would just be my word of advice yeah no they they are they're a little bit rare down here i'm not gonna lie <laughs> yeah. but find some eventually so yeah yeah well in the meantime you're getting your sense fix covering them over at dine sports of course they're friends of the show as well Mm -hmm. kyle skinner and the gang over at dine sports but rewind the clock for me damien how'd you become an ottawa senators fan yeah so it was uh you know in the the david runblad era uh around uh (laughs) late 2011 right yes the magic Um, number seven era the youtube video eh that's you with all the views on that video eh Mm mm-hmm yeah. Um, so basically it was around that time, but I, I kind of followed the team on and off like 2010. I remember I went to the playoffs. It was like game three or four against Pittsburgh. Um, but I was like nine. So I didn't I didn't know too much about the team yet. Um, then the next year, I think we sucked. So I just I didn't watch them at all. Uh, and then so then it was 2011, 2012. Right. I remember they they traded for Kyle Turris. Um, and I remember my friend telling me about the trade. I was like, Oh, this guy's like, he's pretty good. I watched a couple of his highlights and stuff. Um, and then the earliest, the earliest member I remember having was, uh, first game back. Uh, I think it was against Buffalo. 
if I'm not mistaken. I think they won like 4-2. He picked up an assist. I believe I remember Condra scoring. Um, always loved that guy. He was so good. But um, and then it just kind of went from there. So uh, the love grew every single season that eventually, obviously the past five years have been, they've been really tough. Right. Um, but I've still loved this team to death. Um, they've got some bad parts obviously, but it feels like, you know, right now we're finally starting to turn the corner and all the casual fans are going to start coming back. So, um, it's all up from here, you know? Oh, you're muted Ross. Classic me. Uh, you had two for three. Buffalo, not Boston. But okay. you nailed it. 4-1. And Kyle Turris assisted on an Eric Condra goal. That's awesome. There you go. Great you memory go. right there. Mm-hmm. And then they, they greased their way into a playoff mm-hmm. series that year against the New York Rangers. Um, yeah. At what point did you go from yourself? You always start out casually enjoying the team, starting mm-hmm. to get interested, as you said, when – Kyle Turris came over at what point were you like, okay, there's no turning back getting to the, the fact that you stood in for five years of unparalleled failure. Yeah. I would say like, it was probably that season. Um, I remember cause I was probably 11 at that time. So, I mean, I wasn't a little, little kid. Right. Um, so I could stay up to the games. I could probably watch until the end of the third period and then off to bed. Right. Um, but Uh, like yeah it was basically 2012 and after that i really like i never took a break i always try and watch every single game every single year even in the the 2019 days right um those were some those are some really hard games to watch what was Um, the lowest low like right up top of your head was there a single game where you're like what am i doing oh my god uh so many in the 2018 season um because listen, we had like no prospects then, yeah. right? I remember like, I remember seeing a graphic on sports and I was like top prospects for the Sens. And I think it had JBD who they, or no, sorry, no, no, it wasn't. It was Gustafson. Um, and like Logan Brown obviously was on there. And then there was like Andrew Sturts or something, a guy <laughs> in like the AHL who they just signed from the NCAA. So there was nothing lo- to look forward to. Um, they sucked defensively that year too. Um, those were the uh, the Pia and the CC and the uh, Thompson days, right? Nothing against those players. They were just they were overvalued by Boucher. But yeah, that was like early 2018. I think that would be the worst time. Yeah, I'm looking at a few of those game logs right mm-hmm. now, and they are not pretty. The 2018-19 season, there was a 9-2 loss to Buffalo in there. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah and then there that. was a stretch of four games where in the four games, they got outscored 23. They allowed 23 goals in 14 games. Uh, I guess they made it a little interesting by making mm-hmm. one a 7-5 loss. But yeah, defensively, it, it was just you know impossible to watch this team. For some reason, what always comes to my mind is the game before, uh, or I believe they were healthy scratched after, but the last mm-hmm. game that Mark Stone, Matt Duchesne, and all them played, they mm-hmm. scored seven goals and still lost. Yeah, it was <laughs> eight 8-7 to Chicago. Yeah, it was that game. I remember. <laughs> to Brink it at a hat trick. Yes. Funny how wow. things turn around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Yeah. No, that season wasn't uh, like, I would say it was probably the second or third worst, but it was because we had like some hope, right? We had Brady and Shabbat. Yep. Like, yeah. I'm still waiting to see Shabbat reach that offensive success because I think that year he had like. 55 points in 70 games and he started off the year so hot 
um, got injured and everything. But yeah, that year we still had Brady and Colin White and um, like he looked good at the time and we could score. So that season was okay. But yeah, like the Uber and stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the year before you can look at the, there's a five nothing loss against the Jets where they got outshot mm-hmm. 49 to 21. Mm-hmm. And at that point, yeah, yeah, I don't know how we all got through it, but it's a lot more fun to reminisce about it now mm-hmm. than than it was to watch then. Like, like, look at this. This is, uh, to Damien's point, I'm glad he brought this up because I think Sens fans, at this point, we can laugh about it. Like, outside of Eric Carlson, like, to, is there anything in this lineup that, that gets you excited at all? I'm looking at Gabriel Dumont. I'm looking at Johnny Oduya. I'm looking at Nate <laughs> yeah. Thompson. All Freddie Clayson, yeah. and Alex Burroughs all in the same lineup, guys. Nah, Clayson. I love Clayson, though. He was good. He was I good. Mean, I'll say that. But um, yeah, Burroughs, too. Like, Dezingle was cool and stuff, but like Oduya playing in the top four. I think um, Gabriel Dumont is the guy that really mm. strikes a chord with me. I don't know. I, I had higher hopes for him, and that just did not work out. Well, nah, it was also yeah. uh, Guy Boucher, pro scout, head of pro scouting at that point in the rebuild. Yeah. Yeah, he was a, a draft pick, right? Like Dumont? No, no, I think they got him. He had him in Tampa, like like a few of the oh. other guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he brought him in there being like, mm-hmm. oh, the, he's a culture guy. He's the mm-hmm. kind of guy you have to have when you're going to be last place. Ross, my my, uh, I remember my hot take for that season was Gabriel Dumont was going to be the only new addition that signed an extension, and oh boy, I don't, swinging a I miss don't on think that he one. Did. That's why it's a hot take, no, though, right? No, yeah. no, he, he definitely no, he did, did not. Yeah. His elite <laughs> prospects photo is still with the sense. Ah, nice. <laughs> that probably tells you all you need to know. It's kind of like the stat where no Senators head coach since Jacques Martin of the like seven has ever gotten another head coaching job after mm-hmm. leaving Ottawa. Yeah. True. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, not going to lie. Yeah, this is uh, hella depressing. So <laughs> you want to move on to today's sense? Yeah, or yeah. Let's let's move on to that. So, Damien, what gets you most excited about the Ottawa Senators 2022? Go to your happy season? place. Yeah. So, um, like, <laughs> it's the top six is the obvious option. Um, I, I wrote an article on Dines. Um, it was, I looked at, uh, I organized it by ice time. So the top six forwards by ice time, um, every single year in, uh, the Ottawa senators, like 30 year history. Right. Um, and then I added up all their point per games and then I divided it into six. And according to like the stats and everything, this based off last year's results should be the fifth uh, best top six the Ottawa Senators have ever had in their history. Um, after I think it was the first one was 06, obviously. Yeah. 07. Um, 08 was up there as well. And then uh, 2001, which I was a little bit surprised of because, you know, those were the uh, the dead puck era. Um, but yeah, basically, uh, th- if we add all the stats up together this year, it's another year of growth for five of the six top six forwards. Um, this could be this could be a stacked lineup. Wow! I and I, just to quickly go back, I know it's way ahead of your time or before your time, I should say, Damien. Mm-hmm. But that year you mentioned in uh, 2000, 2001, you mm-hmm. had Yashin with eighty eight points in eighty two yep. games, yeah. I believe, finishing top three in MVP voting that year. Okay. Marion Hosa 
had 75 points in 81 games. Sean McEachern had 72 points in 82 games. And Alfie had 70 points in 68 games. So mm-hmm. the offense was certainly there. And that was uh, when a 19-year-old Martin Havlat came in and had 42 points in 73 yeah. games. So, yeah, yeah. Sure. some good offense there. And you're mm-hmm. saying that that and then 50-06, and 50-07, and 07, that's all we really have to say about that. Have a slice of pizza and enjoy the highlight reel of that one. And even 2008, they started the year. I think they won like 20 of their first oh, 20 few so games. Yeah. They're unreal. I mean, they fell off at the end. And then Pittsburgh, it was their time. To come over over the top after mm-hmm. losing to Ottawa in 07. They've made quick work of Ottawa in the playoffs. But you're saying that this top six has the potential to be as good as those guys? I would say, like, it's not as top heavy, right? Um, yeah. Like, let's just put the bias aside and everything. The peak, like, I would say that Kachuk is scoring is around a point per game. Uh, maybe can hit 85, like, one day, right? Um, yeah. Norris... I don't know. He's kind of all over the place for me. I feel like he's for sure a 30 goal scorer. Do I think he's going to get like 40? I, I don't know. Um, and then Batherson point per game, he could easily hit. Uh, same thing with Debrinket, Stutzla. Like all these guys have the ability to hit point per game, other than I would say Norris and Giroux at this point of his career. Yeah. So do you think you take a look at like 06 to 08, right? They had a stacked first line, but after that, it kind of dropped off but in this instance now you have two like basically first lines so you could roll you you send out the kachuk norris batherson line they hem in the defense for the entire shift then um all of a sudden timmy comes over the boards he holds onto the puck for the entire offensive zone and then he dishes it to debranca he like slams home a one-timer or whatever right just you have the ability now you have the depth and like the offensive talent um that is going to do wonders this year for this team. I, I would consider them like top 10 offensive, like in the league this year for goals for. Now heading to the opposite side of that argument, though, the goals against, I would mm. say another big part of something we haven't seen for the Ottawa centers in quite some time is two stable veteran goaltenders. And, Anton Forsberg and Cam Talbot. Now on any given night, DJ Smith has a guy he can be confident in. And the thing with the Ottawa Senators, and for for quite some time, uh, I'm trying to find the exact year. I think I I sort of have it here in 2014, 2015, is they haven't had two goalies where they could rely on either of those guys. I mean, in that year, it was three three guys Mm -hmm. with the Hamburglar. They didn't even know they could rely on them until after. Like Even while I was watching that streak every game, I was like, no, no. The shoe's going to drop. He's yeah. turning into a pumpkin. Exactly. Midnight's got to strike soon. So so I guess maybe would it would appear the year before or after. But what I'm trying to say is they're not going to have to rely on one guy getting insanely hot. Or at least that's not their banking strategy. How do you yeah. feel about the goaltending tandem uh, moving forward into this year? And do you think it was the right time for Pierre Dorian to make that move? Trading a, a high prospect possible goalie of the future in Philip Gustafson for one year of a veteran goalie in Cam Talbot. Yeah. What I like about what he did is that you like, you for sure have two stable goaltenders. Like you guys talked about last year, like Murray and Gustafson, you basically went in, you were like, I don't know if they're going to be good enough or if Murray is going to be healthy or whatever. Right. And then all of a sudden Forsberg took over, but I like now that they have, they have like, they have a tandem that they can just go into the season and they don't have to overthink about it. Right. Um, yeah. Like 
they're not going to break the doors down. Like, I don't think they're going to have a 925 save percentage or anything like that. But like a 910 to 915, if both those goalies have that save percentage at the end of the day, like there's nothing you can complain about that because like they both make what, like around 3 million each. Um, Forsberg and, under 3 million and then Talbot at 3.66. So yeah, very, yeah, exactly. very salary wise crease. Yeah. So, I mean, you have Sogard coming up too. Um, I would literally throw him into the category of like Pinto and Greg and Sanderson. Like, don't trade him because Loki are, I would say, our goaltending depth has taken a hit. Um, you know, Marilina doesn't look fantastic right now, at least. Um, but yeah, like going to this year, this should be a, a solid goaltending tandem. And I don't think they're going to hurt us in any aspect. Yeah, and as goalie-friendly show, we love to see that. Uh, next question, I'll, I'll take it off the ice here, Damon. You mentioned uh, wearing your Ottawa Senators jersey at the ODR. If you're going to buy a Sens jersey, which jersey is mm-hmm. it going to be? Like, what color? And who's going to be the mm-hmm. player on the back if uh, if you're getting a new jersey this season? Yeah, uh, there's so many that you could pick from. But I would say, like, Sanderson. Um, okay. I've always been a fan of, like, the odd numbers. So it's <laughs> 85, right? Like, yeah. I, I don't know. It just, it's got a ring to it. I feel um, like that could be a collectible. Like, I feel like yeah. eventually he's going to change off from the 85 oh, and having his old number. He can't, though, he can't though, though, right? To. No, you don't think so? He could if he wanted, but he seemed like when I watched him on Wally Thought, he was saying, like, even if I go somewhere else, it's unique. He, like, oh, I think, I think okay. he's 85 for life. All right. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No, maybe, yeah. Like, maybe instead of changing his number, he'll get Ocho Cinco put on the back on the top <laughs> instead of Sanderson. Yeah. Yes. Right? Jake Sanderson is that type of dude. Yes. Yeah. yeah. 100%. <laughs> uh, I like that answer, though. I mean, I feel like almost like Ottawa dad level, but for me, it's got to be Claude Giroux. Like, I just have to mm. watch him my whole life, that sort of yeah. thing. But, uh, Damien, you mentioned Jake Sanderson, and I'm glad you did because to me, he's the X factor, obviously, on the blue line. How would you ease him into the NHL, or do you? If you're mm-hmm. DJ Smith, do you just say, hey, go play 20 minutes a night, kid? Or are you easing mm-hmm. him into offensive zone draws and, and situations that you think will lend him to, to be more successful right off the bat? Yeah, I don't think Sanderson at the end of the day is going to be like, you know, a Makar level or anything like that. Um, I think Max, he's probably like a 50 point defenseman, um, but just very steady. Right. But the the reason why I think he could jump into a top four, four role this year is that they developed him like perfectly. Obviously, he's had the injuries and everything, which sucks. Um, and that hand, like we were monitoring that the, the entire summer. Right. Um so that's the only thing that concerns me really is that he has the ability, he has the defensive and the offensive ability to be good in both zones. Um, he's like what six, two. So size isn't going to be an issue for him. And he is a great skater as well. So um, I would say he's probably going to like, I would say DJ Smith is probably going to ease him into the lineup. Um, probably playing 17 minutes a night to start off. But then, Around, like, let's say the 30 game mark, you could easily see Sanderson like playing 20 minutes a night, playing on power play number two. And he's he's one of those players that I think is going to have the the ability to just play a quiet game and be one of those players that you can look at and be like, when was the last time he he made a mistake? Right. Um, Because you look, I I compare him a lot to um, Jacob Slavin in, in Carolina. He's not someone who takes really any penalties he logs a lot of minutes he has a great stick 
and very good defensively as well. So I like that. Hey, I, I watched uh, one of your videos today about Connor Brown. Was that mm-hmm. a guy who you wish the Sens could have kept? Yeah, like I do. Uh, I'm not going to lie. There just there wasn't a spot for him, right? Um, like I'll always go back to Connor Brown because you go you go back to the years like in 2019, that first year up until, you know, I would say the bubble year in this year. Connor Brown was one of those players that you know was good, right? Like he wasn't an aging old veteran that was good like five or 10 years ago. Um, but he was good now, but he also, he worked his butt off like every single night and, um, played with a broken jaw, the one and his, both his hands were banged up all season. Mm -hmm. He was a warrior. Yeah. So like he was, he was just one of the, the bright moments in like a lot of dark years and that like, I would have kept him around for another year, but I, I understand what Pierre Dorian was doing. Yeah, and you know the trade was already on his mind when he called Claude Giroux Connor uh, at at the opening press oh, conference yeah. right off. And the they just they shared the same number like it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. Damien, hit us with a hot take going into the season, whether it's a player projection, a team projection, mm-hmm. or anything else throughout the Senators organization. <sighs> yeah, that's a tough one. Um, I'm gonna say that. Yeah, it's really hard. I would say Lassie Thompson grabs a top six spot at the Ooh, end of the season. I like that. That's spicy. Yeah. yeah. By um, the end of the season? No, give me a like how deep into the season are we talking here? Deep like, is he season? gonna help them? Is he gonna help them to a push uh, for a playoff spot? I think uh, a better I, question is how many games do you think he'll get? Sure. Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna predict Lassie Thompson has like 50 games in the year. 50. Um, okay. Yeah, he I comes like that. around that 30 game mark. Let's just say I'm I'm just gonna throw out a prediction right now, right? Basically, one of the right shot defensemen gets injured. Whether it's I, I was let's just say uh, let's say Hamnick, right? Hamnick goes down. Thompson comes in, um, plays a top six role, and then plays better as we get into the season. I, I wouldn't say he's gonna help us get into a playoff spot. I still think we're like just just a glimmer away um mm-hmm. say fifth in the division is a safe bet but um yeah like i'm pretty high on him he looked very good last year it was just those defensive if it um efficiencies in his in his own zone um but you can tell that all the tools are there and he's got the right mindset so i would say lassie thompson bank on him being an nhl defenseman next year all right. Yeah. I mean, it'd be great to see it. And this is going to be a big year for Lassie. Final question for me. And I guess you might have already shown your hand at how you want to answer this question with your Lassie Thompson take. But do you believe that the Senators will take a dip in the rental market at the trade deadline? Like, mm-hmm. are they going to be in a position where they're mm-hmm. not quite in the playoffs or they know they're fighting for the playoffs and they're willing to give up future assets to acquire, let's say, a rental defenseman and that would leave Lassie Thompson probably on the outside looking in. Or do you think they just say, hey, this is our first year outside of the rebuild. Let's see what this team's got, and we can try to assess uh, the needs we fill in the upcoming offseason. Yeah, I I don't think they're going to go after like a top four uh, right hand or like right right side defenseman. Um, I think that they'll probably go with what they got because you can't forget Zaitsev's still on the team. Um, and then also you could have Clevin coming in next year, right? And I believe if Clevin signs a contract, he can't go to the AHL. Yeah, yeah, he can. Oh, he can. Okay, Clevin, never mind. Yeah, yeah, he could finish up there. Okay. Um, 
because I remember like JBD signed and then he never got sent down. That's but, uh, that's probably just the agent being like, hey, if you want him to sign, he's okay. playing in the NHL the rest of the year. You All get right. a well, little goodwill. But, who knows? Uh, like, maybe they do that with Clevin too. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, basically, like I, I wouldn't say that's one that they're gonna look at this year. I think like their top nine set. Um, if they do add someone, it's probably like a depth forward. Like their fourth line's pretty much set as well. I'm not sold Gambrell being the fourth line center. I don't think there's a ton of offense there. Um, but yeah, as far for like rentals, I don't think they're gonna make a splashy move. I think that's a move that they look next off season um because we know that they're going to score a lot of goals but they need to make the right trade f- on defense because you know you look at someone like Mackenzie Weger um he could definitely be a guy that they target i i'm not sure if he's maybe your number one priority though um i think he's more of like a offensive two-way defenseman um so pairing him with Shabbat might not be the greatest um but who knows like i could totally be wrong and he could be fantastic. So, but yeah, like that's something that I think that they'll discover later in the 2023 off season. Awesome. Well, Hey, this is an excitement around this team for sure. And, and we appreciate your coverage of it as well. Where can everyone find your work? I know on dine sports and where else? Yeah. So, uh, obviously yeah. Twitter is Damien underscore underscore Smith. Um, I do, I do a bunch of stuff. Um, basically it's what you do when you get into university. Um, so, I run this thing called Kraken Prospects. Um, shout out Sense Prospects for the idea. Um, just for just for fun, basically. Uh, write for Dying Sports as well. And then obviously, or not obviously, but I have a, uh, I have a TikTok channel called Hockey Never Stops. Um, and right now, you can find it on my Twitter right now. Uh, it's pinned for the Ottawa Senators preview this year. Basically, I'm doing a preview um, every for every single team up to October 1st. So that's another channel that you can uh, you can find me on. Nice. I just followed Cracking Prospects right now. That's a good oh, way to man. keep keep uh, in the grind and in, in uh, while you're in school, man. We appreciate sure. that. Stay strong in the heart of enemy territory, mm-hmm. man. Yeah, I sure. know what it can be like there, but you'll find so, some red and white outside of the ODR as well. Mm-hmm. Damien, we appreciate you being a Sand Central citizen, man, and we'll have you on again too throughout the season, man. This was great. All right, awesome. Thank you so much, guys. Stick taps to Damien for joining us. Really appreciate his time and love his writing over at Dine Sports. So make sure you go check him out on Twitter as well. Damien double underscore Smith. All right, Pillsy. So it's the game we've all been waiting for. We're initially were reached out to by the Sens on June 2nd. Six months before the game, but it's sneaking up in a hurry. What's your level of excitement here as we inch closer to October? Like I mentioned, I'll reference the boiling pot uh, scenario again. It's simmering. Like the bubbles are popping here. We're not quite boiling over. We're, you're not ready to put the noodles in yet, but it's getting hot and I am excited. And I was just on a call with our SENS rep yesterday trying to hammer out the final details. We've got the row. We've got the pricing. It, from the sounds of it, Ross, it just seems like the Ottawa Senators are experiencing a massive boost in ticket sales that they have not been used to uh, the last little while. Let's just say that. So there's people being trained on a new website. They're uh, working out some kinks, trying to make sure everything is all put together. So from what we know, the link for our Locked On Senators podcast section should be up within the next couple of days. Trust us, guys. We're doing what we can to get this going. We know. We've heard the excitement. Ross has sifted through the DMs of people being like, when's the link coming? When's the link coming? 
We're just as fired up about this as you, and we're going to make sure we can get as many people possible to this event because the more the merrier with uh, with Sens fans for the home opener. It's going to be a blast. And if you know the CTC at all, the 200 level is like pretty small. It's only like 10 rows deep, and, and that's where a lot of season ticket holders have theirs. So with this influx of season ticket members, we had the option to get our seats in 220, and we're like, okay, if, if everyone doesn't have the opportunity to, let's just make 320 the wildest, wackiest section in the entire arena. So initially I'd put out that you'd have the option between 220 and 320, but I almost feel like we don't want to feel like anyone's big time in us in, or like we're big time in anybody in the 200 type thing. We're all going to be boots on the ground, 320. And the price is right. It's what, $36 a ticket? Yeah, the the pricing is surprisingly low for, for a home opener. So everybody should be, or hopefully everybody can make it. We'll have a blast. We'll we'll try to set up a, a meetup event before probably. Oh, we will. Same, same spot at, at Stanley's. Stanley's. That worked out well. And uh, Ross, what I want to get going this year is we should, uh, and I don't know, are, are we allowed to officially organize this? But what I want to do is let's get the whole section team together in the 50-50 and if we win we'll all split it <laughs> winning the 50-50 is on my bucket list Ross if I have to split it with a bunch of Sens fans to do it I don't care I want to pool together and let's win this 50-50 and then we can go out and have one hell of a night will it happen probably not that's the way it works but that that is a dream of mine and if I can get that done with uh, a bunch of Sens fans all together amazing so, Sorry, so let, are you let's gonna get work- that going are you going to wear a vest, like the 50-50, the yellow, the orange like uh, construction vest? And just when people walk by into our section, you just you grab five bucks, five bucks, five bucks. And then what? You stand there with the pot of gold afterwards and just start handing out ha- cash or what? Yeah, we're not math guys. So uh, as you can tell, I haven't figured out the logistics of this yet. This is just something that popped into my head. Great yesterday. idea, though. I thought, Ross, you were going with, I'm going to wear the 50-50 uh, vest and trick other people into thinking that, like, okay, we're getting 50-50 tickets here. Meanwhile, our section is actually getting all this, scooping up all the 50-50 tickets. So That's one way to, you know, we'll ensure victory. Here. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. All right. Well, hey, no right. matter what, it's going to be a great night. And like we said, we're, uh, we're going to try to plan the same thing at Stanley's. I know it's a weeknight. Don't feel obliged to make it to Stanley's pregame. I think uh, we'll make the pilgrimage up to the CTC probably around 6, 6.15 for a 7.30 game. And then hit the tents, buddy. Hit the tents. We always have plans to get there early. The tents. Doesn't usually happen. But yes, there is motivation to get there early this time. The tents, the tents are awesome. I don't think I've been early for a sports game in my entire life. Uh, the the pre-drinking and cel- pre-celebrations usually tend to uh, stretch a little long. Well, it's going to be a fantastic night at the CTC. So the link will go live. What did he say? Let's do our exact quote from our boy with the sense. What uh, what was the exact quote of when we'll have the link available to the good people? Should be done Friday. That's a that's a long should be done Friday at the latest Monday. The latest, which is still the week after Labor Day because the Labor Day is the Monday it's of the holiday. The so then it's the Tuesday. So it's the last day of the week after Labor Day. We appreciate everyone's patience. We're fired up to be there with you guys. Section 320, same section as last time. And how'd it work? Did it work well? Did we get the dub or what? It's going to get rowdy. Yeah, we got on the Jumbotron a couple times. Uh, who, <laughs> who who was it that uh, was doing the... Uh, they were doing the... Um, 
the que- the trivia questions. And we got super fired up for that. I'm blanking on who it was, but we had a lot of fun. Uh, everybody, when uh, goals were happening, the place was pandemonium. After the game, the celebrations were huge. So you don't want to miss out on this event, I guess, is, is what we're trying to say in a long-winded way. All right, there's the plug. It's been a great day if you are a seeker at the Sensplex. And let us know when you see Timmy on the ice. It will be the first look of Tim Stutzla, Claude Giroux, and Alex Dabrink at the, the latter two already on the ice. All right, Pilsy. I know our interview got pushed back a little bit today. I'm confident it's going to get done. Oh, it's our last show until Friday. Ottawa Senators general manager Pierre Dorian will join Locked On Senators. When we started this show, did you ever think we would have the opportunity to chat with the G- GM? I'll, I'll be honest, no. Uh, especially with... Uh, how the kind of relationship between us and the team was it. Yeah. And there was ups and downs. There was a long uh, email threads that didn't seem to go anywhere, but the winds of change are here. And it really seems like uh, the, the team and the PR people working with the Sens have been great with us recently. And it seems like they're really focused on fan engagement and trying to create a community, which is what we're trying to do on this show as well. So we're uniting for a common goal. And yes, we are scheduled to speak with Pierre Dorian, and that will be a great interview. And not only that, we'll leave our second guest a surprise, potentially for Monday, just iron out the final few details, but expect an early drop on Friday as we're going to record it on Thursday night and try to get that for you for your drive into work on Friday morning. But for today, we say goodbye. A reminder, the organizational value rankings will reach its pinnacle tomorrow with Tier 1. Leave us a note in the comments, whether you do it on this video or on the video yesterday with the Tier 2. Who's your top 8 and in what order? Pilsy and I will break down ours for tomorrow. But for today, we say goodbye. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators Podcast, your team every day.